How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops. Getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Stand by for an urgent bulletin. This is the Bob and Jeff Show, starring Bob Lutz. Who's better at this job of radio? You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. Jeff Lutz. Really good to great, you know, depending on the day. Wow! Hey! Isn't that exciting? 97.5 and 1240 KFH. It's showtime, baby! You'll go wacko, bananas, nuts, crazy, unbelievable! Hello, everybody. Welcome. It's a Monday edition, the Bob and Jeff Show, KFH Radio. Let me clear my throat. That was uh, that was an ugly beginning. Still to... battling? Not really. <coughs> Not really. Okay, well, good. I'm happy to hear You're that. fine. Just a little throat congestion occasionally. I hear you. Bob Lutz, Jeff Lutz here on a Monday edition, the Bob and Jeff Show, KFH Radio, 869-1240. The IHOP hotline, Max Power, as always. Producing and engineering the show, and it's my 13th wedding anniversary. How about that? Congratulations. What a, what a moment. What a day. Well, on that fateful day back in December of 2010, uh, what were your thoughts? Don't remember a second of it. Don't remember I'm a d- second. I'm just really. kidding. What were your thoughts as uh, the people came into the church, the Epworth United Methodist Church? I was like, Bob's at a church? Um to see that ceremony, what were you thinking? I don't know what I was you thinking. You were single at the time. I have no idea what I was thinking. Uh, were you happy? Were you? Uh, I, uh, I don't know. Really, you don't know. You I, don't know if you were happy for your father. I'm sure I was happy for you. I'm sure I was thrilled for you. How'd I was. You feel, uh, for I Debbie? was the best man. Oh, Debbie, that was fantastic. Felt a little sad for her, but uh, why is that? No reason. Well, she's a wonderfully lucky uh, woman. No let's question. Just, let's just say that. Uh, 13 years. You know, that's a drop in the bucket for a lot of people. It is. My friend especially Randy a, has been married longer than that. Especially my age. But, uh, hey, I'm thrilled about it. Well, if you add them all up again, you get to a bigger Well, about 16. Don't worry if about it. all four up. You know, I found the right person for I'm me. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm happy for you. Uh, I also won the picks. Good. Seven and two, 35 points. I don't believe it, but uh, that's... Kansas City was an easy one. Duda and Max. And Baltimore was an easy one. And really, Buffalo was an easy one. If you, if you believe in Dallas on the road, you, you, you're not very, uh, you're not very uh, bright. I didn't make that pick, so. Uh, you did okay. Five and four for 24. I was seven and two for 35. Duda, 6-3 and three for 24, so he continues his good work. He has been doing well. He can't uh, deny the kid. It was last month or so. And uh, Max, 4-5 and five for 21. So everybody put together some points, but I'm widening my lead. 
You are. We're going to have to uh, figure it out over the next month and a half. Can we figure out a way to get to the point where we just all say, I'm pretty good at this? No, because you're the one keeping the books and no one's ever going to believe it. That's just how it is. Well, you want to look at them? No, I don't. I'm just saying. You're welcome to write them all down. Double check me. Cross reference. But I'm just saying that's whether you're right or wrong, it's just you're going to catch that heat because it's a conflict of interest. I got the books for you, Jeff. Let's let's just all yeah. Max has the books. Max I don't make trust many more either. errors than I make. Seems like it. Uh, but let's just let's just finally get to the point where we say this guy can really pick games, and uh, I better watch out. Yeah, I think I'm. I, I I went back and looked. We've had 16 weeks, I believe. Uh, guess how many weeks Duda has been. Under 500 in picks. 11. 8 out of the 16. You, 6 out of the 16. Really? Max, 5 out of the 16, has been under 500. And yours truly, only 3 out amazing. of the 16 weeks. Just amazing. Well, we could talk about this all day. We could. I mean, that I'd is rather pretty, not, but we could. That is pretty amazing. And I, And I'm getting nothing really from you. That's sincere about it. No, I don't really uh, spend a whole lot of time thinking about it, unfortunately. Congratulations to your wife, Shannon, on her master's degree uh, that she received last Friday up at Fort Hayes State. Uh, how was that ceremony? It was just lovely. Well, tell us about it. What do you mean, tell us about it? She, uh, she was one of the first people out. She was one of the first people introduced, and that was it. We had to sit through the next uh, 600 people or whatever. So a lot of people got their uh, degrees. We, there were two different uh, ceremonies. There were probably <coughs> 300. Wow. Yeah, I might be speaking way out of turn, but it seemed like about that many. Well, that's good. 260, 280, something like that. And you had a little uh, lunch celebration? If you want to call it that. We just hopped over to Fuzzies. And then what? What, what kind of a... Weekend celebration was it? There was no weekend celebration, but let me tell you about my weekend. Because it was crazy. Not a good one, huh? It was crazy. Not a good one, huh? Not good or bad necessarily, but it was crazy. Not a good one. So what did we have? What? So I worked Friday night, of course. Worked till around 11. And, you know, I live out in the country, so... It's kind of uh, destitute out there, not a lot of activity. I'm driving on 29th, around 131st Street, and I encounter, sort of, I guess, this car who's in front of me driving about 30 in a 55, and then he puts on his brakes. And Here he, we go again, another altercation on the byways. Yeah, I, I attract these. You know, uh, no, <laughs> that's... That's not how I see it, but go ahead. How do you see it? I see that you constantly get involved. What in did I do? Oh, you probably made some. No. Something. Let's no. hear it. No. That didn't happen. So this guy, you know, I just, I'm just behind him, and he's going 30, so I back way, way off. Nothing had happened between us previously at all. Don't know. I'd not seen this car ever in my life. But I just get behind him because I'm driving in the same direction. And then he's going 30, and I and then he stops in the middle of the road, and I back way off. And then he goes down about a couple hundred yards and puts his hazard lights on. So I'm freaked out. 
So I'm like, I need to get out of here. So I tried to back into a driveway that was close on that road, and I missed. I missed pretty badly, in fact, because it was dark and I couldn't see anything. So I ended up in a ditch, uh, stuck at that time. Um, and then an ambulance comes by because they see the car in the ditch, and they're making sure everybody's okay, which I was. The homeowner comes out. He's inebriated. Uh, this is my house. This is my house. And he keeps saying just nonsense stuff. Um, and, and then the driver of that car turns back around, sits like right across the street from us. And I'm like backing away. I'm getting behind people. I'm, I'm pretty sure we're all going to get shot and killed. Uh, but uh, I don't see him, but the ambulance people, the paramedics were like, yeah, he freaked us out too. He has these crazy eyes. Eventually he goes and just sits on the street next to the one that we're on so like the side street he's just sitting there with his hazard lights on still uh he's just sitting on the corner um and then the police come finally thankfully um and they're like well we could get you a tow truck but it would cost more and then the other cop says well we could just help you back out of the ditch and onto the driveway and and get you out that way so they did that and uh i got out of there at about midnight and I didn't like that experience. That was not a fun experience for me. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what to say. I, I, I absolutely don't even know what to say. I just, uh, I've never seen anyone get into more of these situations. Yeah, I don't know why that happens to me either. It's, it's well, you got to, there's some accountability. I don't know. What did I do? I don't know exactly what it is. There is no accountability. I don't know what you did. Even the, even the. People out there were saying, oh, because the, the guy was going crazy, the homeowner. And, and the guy was like, no, I think he's a victim here. And I was. I'm not really a victim necessarily, but that guy was crazy. And I don't know what he was about to do. So uh, I wish I could have gone, gotten out of there, but I didn't. And thankfully, I lived through the experience. And then Sunday, Saturday, actually, we had illegal hunters on our property. Well, what'd you do about that? Uh, they had told my wife, I slept through basically the whole thing. Uh, my wife went out to yell at him, had her dad, who's the owner of that part of the property, on the phone telling him, uh, you can't hunt here. We, I mean, it's our, it's our property. Well, the tenant farmer said we could hunt here, but it's not the tenant farmer's land. So it's our family's land. So they didn't, they didn't leave, and we had to call the sheriff to come out and get him out of there. And did the sheriff come out? Yes. It was, a, it was a very slow process to get these people out of our out of our property and away from our home. Just a overall disconcerting everything. A well, uh, couple days. Maybe that's part of living in the uh, wilderness. I'm never going down 29th Street again at night ever because there's nothing. There's no light. I don't know who's out there. It's scary, and uh, not doing it ever again. Well, I'm surprised you did it in the first place. Well, 29th is just easier to get onto because it's K96 and get off on Ridge and then go to 29th. But now I'm just going to go to 21st. Well, there you go. And I hated it. Uh, listen, uh, congratulations, I guess. There's nothing to congratulate me about. I don't know. I don't know what the reaction should be. I, I honestly don't have a reaction. And then I uh, driving more uh, homes Friday. I'm behind this other guy who's going below the speed limit. 
and he turns on our street. So I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to turn and make this guy think I'm following him. So I had to go all the way to 267th, back to 21st, around. It was just horrible. It was just horrible. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. You still seem rattled by the whole thing. I wasn't really ever rattled except for the Sounds part. Sounds like you were pretty rattled. I was, but I didn't like, I wasn't like, you know, I didn't take a whole lot of it home with me. Just, you know, told my wife what happened, went to sleep. Well, there you go. I, Anything uh, happen to, fun to you this weekend? Uh, no, no. Uh, can't think of anything. Watched a lot of football, and I mean a lot, probably more than I've watched uh, all year, NFL-wise, not college. I watched the you Shockers. You watched the Saturday games? Uh, no, I watched the Shockers on Saturday. Uh, didn't see KU, but was able to see the Shockers. And I will say this. Isaiah Johnson from Southern Illinois is one of the best players I've seen. Xavier. Whatever his name is. Uh, I don't know if you watched the game. I did. He could play anywhere. That's what I said. I said he's the best player Wichita State will encounter all year, which well, is weird. I don't weird. care what you say. I, I said that. Okay, great. Then we you, both you said it. You didn't say that. I, I, I said I'll that. I'll show you the text. Who'd you say it to? Jamin. Well, listen, I said it to the world. Great. Then we both think it. What's wrong with that? I don't know. It's just like you're trying to steal my thunder. Yeah, he was awesome. Um, if he I, gets better to players to play with. Uh, he's an NBA first-rounder. He's not. He is. Watch. The passing is what sets him apart. He shouldn't have passed so much, though. He, I get it. He was really good at it. He was a great passer. He got uh, people he, There buckets. were a couple times where he should have taken the shot. But not only is he a good shooter, he's a very, very good passer and ball That's going to be a lot of... And this is his first year, like, doing much. He averaged, like, seven points last year, and he's a fifth-year guy. So I predict he'll play in the NBA. Well, I hope so. there aren't a lot of guys with that skill set. Um, that passing stands out. Now, there were a couple passes that got intercepted and weren't great. But, my goodness, as, many, as much as he has his hands on the ball, and to be able to do what he does, the Shockers made a very good defensive play to swat his final that was, that shot was excellent. away uh, because I didn't think there was a chance they were going to stop him. I didn't think so. I thought he'd get to the bucket and either get fouled or score. Uh, he's listed at 6'1", which means he's 5'11", which means uh, he'll be playing in Turkey. But no, you're he's wrong. still really good. You're wrong. There are a lot of six-foot guys. In the NBA, it takes uh, it takes a dog mentality. He, not that he uh, doesn't have that, but he plays a little like Trey Young. Not saying he's as good as Trey Young, but he plays like Trey Young a little bit. Um, and I think there's a place in the NBA for this. He doesn't this have the shot. Is he a better player than Craig Porter? Craig Porter's really good. He's already he averaged a better player than Craig Porter Jr. No, I'm going to say no. Well, that's utterly ridiculous, and I love Craig Porter. Craig Porter has things that Xavier Johnson doesn't have. What is that? Uh, defensive capability. He's got size. He can this rebound. Can't play defense. He's five eleven. Porter's six one. I mean, what is he? Six something. I mean, he's you know, not like a big guy. Four? Uh. 
I like this kid. I do, too. If I'm an NBA scout and I'm picking uh, down around 25 or so, I'm or even in the second round, I'm all over him. Well, then you might have we'll a guy. S- we'll see. Craig Porter, 6'1". Uh, right. That's what I said. He's bigger. I haven't seen a mock NBA draft. Well, the, I, I look at them occasionally, but they're rarely updated. This guy's... Just don't know how a fifth-year senior is going to get. Uh, because he's good. He's good now. That's why. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I. I never thought I'd have an argument on this one. I. I thought I'd just sail through. Well, he go. We'll see. I mean, you can. I doubt that any mock draft you find right now will have him listed. Sometimes these things take a while because there's not really a definitive mock draft guy in the NBA who does it regularly. Well, we'll again, I like the kid. I think he's really good. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Bleacher Report, and uh, they don't follow. As far as I can tell, they don't even follow college basketball. Uh, all they follow is the, uh, you know, the high division ones. And that's too bad. I know the, uh, I know the, uh, scouts and NBA teams put a little more into it. Am I right? I would hope so, yes. So anyway, I like the kid. I thought the Shockers played a good game. Uh, Colby Rogers really heated up. Xavier Bell, who's a different player this year. Very different. They played pretty well offensively. Defensively, especially after uh, the, the cold stretch, for Southern Illinois, they didn't do a whole lot, but they held on. Hard to guard that kid. And and uh, they don't have a lot of other talent, but they do have enough talent to where they can catch his passes and score from the paint. Because uh, that's what they did a lot of. It was a fun game to watch. And the crowd seemed to be into it. And uh, good for the Missouri Valley Conference. That team picked ninth. They're not a ninth place Valley team. Absolutely not. They'll uh, they'll do much better than that. So I'm looking here, and I'm down to number 15, uh, which, by the way, Kevin McCull- McCuller uh, is in there going to the Pelicans at 15, according to the Bleacher Report. Uh, he's a good player. He is. We like him on the Pacers because we have no defense. Your team is uh, starting to starting to fall apart just a little. Pretty sad. Well, I, but when you don't play any defense, it's embarrassing. They play none. You know, you know it's going to catch up to you, and they're not a playoff team because teams actually start caring about defense in the NBA postseason. Here's what we have for you today at 2:25, just around the corner. John Anches, the head women's basketball coach at Hutchinson Community College. We had Mike Helmer from Butler last week. Butler and Hutch play right after the break. Both unbeaten. They play over in El Dorado at the power plant. So some equal time for the Hutch coach and former Nickerson High standout and University of Oklahoma point guard, John Anches. At 245, Tim Fitzgerald from GoPowerCat.com. K-State Twitter has worn me out. I'm going to talk to Fitz about it. I get all this stuff, man. Such as you know that the for you uh, on Twitter. Yeah, I don't. I don't ever. 
partake in that. It's it's just it's overwhelming. How do you get rid of it? You don't. You just click over to following, and then you're done. Why do they do that? Because they uh, want to expand. I don't know. Who who knows? Well, Why does Twitter it, do anything? Twitter drives me nuts. Twitter is an absolute embarrassment. Every time I make a comment or a post on something, I immediately get uh, a like, quote unquote, from one of those fake model accounts. Well, sure you do. I hate that. Well, it's a it's a joke. So why are we doing it? Why are we on? I don't it? know why we're still on Twitter. Uh, no, nowhere in the first round for my my friend. What's his name again? Xavier Johnson. Uh, didn't make it. Didn't make the first round. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's, it's it makes I mean, you me. You could just search for his name, but you wouldn't want to do that. No, I like to see all the names. Yeah, you want to scroll through all of it. So I'm looking now through the second round, and uh, listen. This is just crazy that they don't have him listed. But I probably know better. Probably. Max, let's take a break. I'll keep looking. Uh, tomorrow on the show, we got Paul Mills. And I want to ask him not only about his team, but about that uh, kid for Southern Illinois. See if he uh, validates what I'm trying to put out there. Oh, I bet he does. I bet he does. Oh, for sure. Look forward to talking to Coach Mills tomorrow at 225, followed by Wichita State Athletic Director Kevin Saul at 245. We'll be back in a, in a moment. We'll talk with John Anches, the women's coach at Hutch Community College. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays, too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Twelve forty KFH. John Anches joins us from Hutchinson Community College. He's the head women's basketball coach. He's having uh, that team is having another really good year. They're unbeaten at twelve and zero. They go over to El Dorado on the third of January, right after the break, to face twelve and zero Butler Community College in uh, what is an attractive game to say the least. John, welcome. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. So it's uh, it's fun to have that uh, going on with not only Butler but uh, Dodge City's very good both. Both Butler and uh, Hutch own a two-point win over Dodge City. Looks like a really competitive Jayhawk JUCO conference. It is. Um, you know, we, I think we've we've. This is uh, probably the most uh, talented uh, from top to bottom uh, since I've been here. Um, there's a lot of great teams, a lot of great players, and uh, it, it's been uh, some pretty good basketball. 
So, you know, obviously in the Jayhawk you play a lot of league games early, but you sprinkle in some some non-league games. So I'm just kind of curious about how you go about making the schedule or how the athletic department does. Do you try to face really good teams? Do you try to face teams that are in the region or maybe just available on the same days you are? What is it? Uh, what goes into building a, a non-conference schedule in, in, at that level? Well, I, I think that a lot of that depends on – you know who returns and and um, how many returners you have from from the prior year, uh, but you know you, you like to to challenge your group. Uh, you only have six games uh, to get ready for conference play, which starts uh, the third week of of November. So um, you you really got to gain some you know confidence with your team. Um, you know we we also uh, try to. Um, you know, play as, as best competition as we can uh, just because those games really matter when it comes to the end of the year. You know, you're, you're kind of looking for um, uh, some competitive games outside your league so that, that you, you know, you, when uh, you get an opportunity to maybe get in at large, if you don't win the region, uh, your strength of schedule can really help you with that. Talking now with John Anches, longtime Hutchinson Community College women's basketball coach, former high school star here in the state of Kansas at Nickerson, played collegiately at Oklahoma. Uh, so they're Butler, and I'm, I don't want to belabor your game with them, although it's very interesting to me. Uh, they, they have a, obviously a, an outstanding team, and they have a, a person that kind of spearheads everything, a score that averages around 21 points per game. You have, uh, it seems, a little more balance, although you've got a really interesting freshman in Kiki Smith out of Topeka. We've uh, been following her for a while. We knew she would become a very good college player. Is she ahead of schedule for you? Uh, I don't know if she's ahead of schedule. You know, we anticipated her uh, being, um, um, you know, a kid that we could really count on for scoring points for us. Um you know, you really never know how a freshman's going to come into the league. Um, but, you know, Kiki has, has been, you know, tremendous for us. Uh, you know, she can score at all three levels. Um, you know, she's, um, you know, just someone who we really leaned on uh, this this first half of the season. And um, she, she's just been, uh, you know, a great surprise uh, for us. Uh, you know, we feel fortunate that, that uh, you know she's playing in a, in a blue dragon uniform, but um, you know we're uh, we're thrilled to coach her and and hopefully she can continue to to play as well as she did the first twelve games. Do you feel like you learn more about your team based on a two point win like you had against Dodge City or uh, the other results which have been much more lopsided? And what do you feel like you have learned about your team over the first uh, twelve games? Well, definitely, you learn more about your group. You know, when you're in a tough game, you know that that game at Dodge City was um, uh, very competitive. Landon Steele does a, a wonderful job with with Dodge's team, and uh, we we were very fortunate to win the game. Uh, but uh, it was a, really a learning experience for our kids, um, and and I, I feel like that, um, you know. Uh, road and playing your first conference game uh, really um, gave us a lot of confidence um, down the road um, we had we had a lot of kids 
you know, step up. We, we finished the game with with two uh, two freshmen on the floor, uh, so that that really helped them uh, as we go along. You know, to to be in a a game that that's close and and that you you know you have to get defensive stops and and you have to execute offensively. So uh, that that game only made them better. Talking now with John Anches, Hutchinson Community College. So I want to go all the way back uh, after, uh, to your graduate assistant days back in the mid-90s when you worked under Kelvin Sampson at Oklahoma. Uh, what did you gain from those couple of years under Coach Sampson, and, and uh, how, how much does that still hang with you today, John? Uh, well, you know, I think everyone that, that I've played for, uh, you know, I've tried to um, – add and, and, and use, you know, their strengths with, with Coach Sampson. You know, obviously you watch his teams now and they're, they're really physical. Um, they're, they're always a great rebounding team. and um, Defense is, is stressed, um, you know, constantly. So, you know, that's, that's something that, that I really learned from, from Coach Sampson's teams is, is how physical you have to play. Um, the the reba- rebounding aspect uh, – is, is very important and so we really try to to, to work uh, extremely hard um, with our groups to, to make sure that uh, we do a great job of boxing out and, and we've dominated the boards you know the the first 12 games that that's been a great stat for us and we're not a very big team so it's uh, it's something that that we've taken from coach Sampson for sure You've been um, at Hutch quite a while, obviously. How much has physicality changed? If that's something that you took from from Coach Sampson, how much has that changed in the women's game? Was it always a pretty physical game? Uh, obviously, the athletes are getting better in, in every sport, but in women's basketball too. So has that been an element of the game that you've seen ramp up over the last few years? Yeah, definitely the, the kids are, are a lot more athletic. Um, in, in our women's game, it, it really it doesn't get um, extremely physical because you know the officiating uh, to, to officiate our game, you know, hand checking and and, and and those types of things, you know, you are, are not allowed. So um, it is it is a much faster game. Um, uh, you know, the the kids you know continue to get bigger and stronger and. Um, you know, it's it's. I think our game's good. Um, I think our uh, our league is extremely good. I think there's a lot of players in it, and, and the the bigger, the the stronger you are, the the better chance you are to to, to having uh, a good team. John Anches with us. Four hundred fifty-eight wins, ninety-six losses, in his seventeenth year at Hutchinson Community College. Three times the Blue Dragons have made it to the national championship game. Uh, haven't won it yet, and I'm, I've got to ask, how much does that uh, weigh on you? How, is it on your mind? Is it something you even think about? Or do you, do you just uh, take it day by day and uh, keep chugging along with uh, outstanding Hutch teams? Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, um, it, it's not something that, that I dwell on. Um, you know, I hope that that our our teams you know get to the national tournament every year to so our kids can can experience um, you know that part. Um, you know, we we obviously are, are are striving you know to get there, but you know it, it takes a, a special group 
Um, you know, we don't take for granted, you know, the three opportunities that we've been in that game. And um, we always hope to, to get back there and, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, bring a title to Hutch. What, has the transfer portal changed uh, junior college basketball at all the way you recruit? We know that uh, sometimes Division One players go back to junior college or they or they start in junior college to end up in Division One. But are you seeing more uh, transfer activity uh, just from the portal to to junior college basketball, or is that not a trend yet? Well, I think the trend is less and less. Uh, Division One kids are are coming to uh, community college after you know, being at that level. Uh, and, and, and I think you'll, you'll continue to see that, um, there's, there's less and less, you know, division one kids that, that are transferring back to community college. Um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, has a lot to do with that and, and just, uh, you know, when it, a kid gets the taste of, of, of that division one level, they, they really have a hard time, you know, dropping down to, uh, to the two year level. Uh, final moments here with John Anches from Hutch Community College. So you've had all this success, John, and you're obviously a tremendous basketball mind. You've proven yourself as a recruiter, as a game coach. Your team this year is averaging 85 points per game. Uh, you you check all the boxes. What, what keeps you uh, not only in the women's ranks at the junior college level but at Hutchinson? What is it about uh, that place that is special for you? I know it's on the cusp of your hometown, so I presume that's one of the things. Sure, that, that's one of the things, and and you know Hutchison's such a great place. Uh, it's a great community. Um, we've got great leadership uh, with with our with our our staff. You know, Josh Gooch is our athletic director. He he does a wonderful job. Um, you know, we we're able to be competitive. You know, each and every year. Um, I, I just think it's a great place. We've got great facilities. Kids get a great education. Um, our community, you know, supports uh, our program. And, um, you know, what more do you want than, than those things? A lot of people, uh, you know, reach that level of happiness that you have and contentment, but they, they, feel, they feel a churning inside that they want more, that there should be more. You've avoided that. How how is that possible? How do you how do you do that? I may be asking you the same question again, but I'm I'm just curious about it. Well, I mean, I, I, first of all, I, I love winning, and you know, when you've established <laughs> the program, I feel like you know we've established. Um, so we have that tradition, and and, um, and 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 so that that's really important. Is is the fact that, you know, we can um, win on a consistent basis, you know, year in and year out. I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt that, you know, our, myself and, and our staff could, could move and go to a different level. Uh, but, uh, you know, kind of like you said, you know, we're, we're comfortable. Uh, we enjoy, you know, the level that we're at. Um, it's a challenging level uh, with, with, the, with kids, you know, just being able to coach them for two years. Uh, but um, we get we get a lot of great kids in our program. Um, you know, I think our staff does a, a great job of, of developing um, our players. Our players go on and, and be successful. And uh, so, you know that you know we're we're not um, you know we're not content. 
we're, we're motivated each and every year, but we do enjoy the level that we're at. And before I let you go, you're—I've been around a long time, an old newspaper guy. You played in an era where newspapers were, uh, you know, read every morning by people, and that's how uh, everyone stayed informed about sports. Now it's—it's it's much harder. Has that affected anything uh, in your job in your life at the junior college level? Because it is hard to to stay up to date on what's going on. Sure, you know, uh, my assistant Phil Anderson has you know he's done it for 40 years and he he has a hard time you know because he's used to getting up and seeing the paper looking at box scores and you know being able to you know look at that and now it's different you know now you have to you know get on social media and and uh, you know so i i do miss you know the the paper side of things where you, you can read about kids and um it, it, you know for for us old guys it's the social media side of things is, is not real easy. We don't like to, to change and, and do those things. And uh, But uh, we, we definitely do miss, you know, the, the old newspapers and, and being able to look at box scores and see who wins and see who played well. And, and that's definitely different for us. Well, thanks for lumping me in with you age-wise. I'm, I'm quite a bit older, but I do appreciate that, John. <laughs> Coach Anderson, hey, thank you. Go ahead. Coach Anderson, he 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 talks about that, you know, weekly is is how much he he misses, you know, the paper side of things. Yeah, and he and I are a little bit closer in age, so yeah, I get that. <laughs> um, John, thank you so much. Uh, enjoy your break. You've got a huge game coming up on the third over in El Dorado against uh, also unbeaten Butler Community College. I think you'll have a huge crowd over there for that one. Uh, best of luck, and thanks for coming on with us. Well, thanks for having me, and, and you guys have a Merry Christmas. You too. John Anches from Hutchinson Community College. That guy was a, <clears throat> a wizard with the basketball back in his playing days. Didn't uh, see those. Missed, no, you uh, didn't. You were, it. you were not uh, really relevant at that point. Although, no, still, still am not. Oh, he played, you know, you, you, should, you could have seen him. He wasn't on the national championship team, was he? No. Okay. No, certainly not. Okay, I'm uh, just asking. Well, that's fine. That's a fine question. Well, when did he play? Well, I have to look. Now you got me thinking. All right. Uh, well, you're not certain then, are you? No, I'm certain. He didn't back up Mookie? He was a little bit, he came a little bit after that. All right. I believe you. Here's Tim Fitzgerald, GoPowerCat.com. All we want is Fitz. Hello, Fitz. How are you? What a nice song to lead into me. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? Is Can't me. get enough. <laughs> Man, that's like a uh, human form of a lump of coal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's cut the niceties here. I am uh, worn out from K-State Twitter. I don't know how I got all this stuff. I don't know why I'm seeing it. Uh, I, I can't, I, I'm growing to hate Twitter more and more every day. Um, it's what, what are your thoughts? I know you're right in the middle of this stuff. You're, you're, a, you're, you're a journalist, you're covering it. You're writing about the situation with coach Tang and, and, uh, the, the, the situation with uh, Tomlin and everything that's gone on. But it, it seems, it seems like K-State nation is having a bit of a meltdown. Am I misreading? No, I mean, the, the first meltdown was obvious. I mean, that 
was, you know, what the actual news that was going on. And then somehow after my segment um, last week on the morning show with the other fellows, I think it was that segment, they asked me about the chances of him staying and or leaving. And I said, you know, 95% he's leaving. That's just what I think right now. Uh, and I was told I stated the fact that he was leaving. I'm not sure how you do that when you don't say actually he's leaving. Um, but, yeah, there was some, I'm just going to say it, some really weird reactions from that. Um, you know, like I, I was creating all this controversy and uh, this isn't really going on. Uh, just some really odd stuff. But, uh, yeah, I still feel like, you know, probably chances are he's leaving. You know, he says all the right things. Uh, but again, so I just finished up my YouTube show, The Insiders, and Glenn Kenley from Topeka TV said he put the clip up about Naquan or about Jerome Tang's future from the Friday press conference, and he immediately had two quote tweets. See, he's staying. Oh, he's going. I mean, you, it was one of those great Bill Snyder answers. You could take out, out of it whatever you wanted to glean, uh, and uh, he was pretty not definitive about it, but uh, I, I think he will be staying. Or, I think you. I think you'll probably be going, but I'm hoping he's staying. So you think there's a better chance that he'll stay than you uh, did pre, than you did a few yeah, days. Yeah, probably. Ago. I mean, you know, and that's what I try to tell people. Look, this was just my Snapchat at Snapchat at a Thursday morning, in you know, when I hadn't talked to him in you know a while because they were headed to Louisiana. They'd had their home game, and you know, I. I, I think probably that was a little high, but I still fear he's going to leave when it's all said and done. And the only reason I uh, am really worried about it is I've already had Louisville media call me about Jerome Tang. Uh, they're coming after him. Uh, that It's no secret in Louisville who their number one choice is to replace Kenny Payne, um, nor is it any secret that Kenny Payne isn't going to survive the season because he's an awful basketball coach. Um, but, you know, Louisville's one of those programs that, uh, basketball is their identity, even though they went to the ACC football championship this year and pretty good. Basketball is their sport, and they can't stand being mediocre in it. They're going to go get the best coach available, and they feel like uh, you know Jerome Tang's their guy, and I think they felt that way before all this nonsense started. So we'll see. It's just one of those things you, you, you won't know anything about it until the end of the season, whether he's going to stay or go. Man, it's weird because – Jerome Tang has said, you know, if God tells me to stay, I'll stay. If God tells me to leave, I'll leave. I mean, how much, I don't know how to like frame that as a question, but it's, if it's that, um, if, if the, if he's not like in personally in control of his decision, can't, uh, can it sort of be worked out or, I mean, what, how do you view all of, all of that as far as just Tang's mindset about things? Well, I, you know, I, I think he, you know, credits for God putting on his heart what he needs to do. But I think uh, we also recognize that, you know, him trusting his gut. I need to stay. I need to go. Um, and having a bad relationship with your ultimate boss, who, you know, you could tell later in that press conference how bitter he was. It, not bitter. How, uh, you know, it was still bugging him uh, because, uh when asked about trying to replace Naquan, they're going to start looking for someone that can at least come in and practice and, and help them get better for next year, and then they can play next year. And he said, but I don't think we're going to find these 6'10 guys that can play all five spots on the floor and are probably going to be NBA ready by the end of the season. I don't think any of those are left in the portal. The only one that was went to Memphis from here. So I think he's 
you know, he's still bugged by it. Why wouldn't you be? I mean, your your job as a coach is to win games, and uh, your job as a coach is to mentor and and bring a, bring along young people. And and he was attempting to do that, and then he couldn't. So, uh, I I really have stopped talking about this a lot, simply because I look at it's been resolved, and you know, the Naquan Thomas part of this story is is done. Uh, so we'll see if uh, if there's more to it later on down the road. Tim Fitzgerald, GoPowerCat.com. <clears throat> K-Stater's also a little bit bummed about the football transfer portal, maybe more than a little bit. Again, I'm going off my Twitter feed, which is probably the worst thing to go off. Uh, but how concerned do you feel like Kansas State should be about the transfer portal, their NIL situation? Are these things that can get rectified, in your opinion, uh, adequately to keep maybe this from the flood of uh, transfers from happening. What's your thought on that? Well, outside of a couple guys, I don't think anything's really surprising. Even Will Howard wasn't surprising. We all knew he wouldn't be back, whether that was going to be going to the NFL or the portal. Um, you know, everyone knew the writing was on the wall that Avery Johnson was going to be the quarterback next year. And now we're hearing Will Howard might end up at USC. That might be where he's headed. And, and uh, that is bolstered by the fact now that their Avery Johnson, the five-star freshman quarterback they had, um, that a lot of people assumed to be the guy, just hit the portal. So um, I think that's might be where he ends up. But the one that really hurt me was Kobe Savage. I mean, this was a captain. This was a guy uh, who, you know, just was a really good locker room guy and and felt like, you know, he was a team leader. So it's it's not just losing a good safety, it's losing a – a good leader, but it looks like he's going to end up at Oregon, so I'm sure his NIL will be increased. Um, but that's just the way it is now. And you know, they're already working on safeties. Uh, they were before. Uh, they just got a commitment from a defensive end out of the FCS level, Austin P. And, um, you know, they're, they're going to plug those holes as best they can. They're active in the portal, and they're, they're doing a pretty good job finding guys that will help them next season. Outside of, uh, I'm going to ask a basketball question. Outside of the fact that it's a an interstate matchup and it and it looks nice on paper, is there anything attractive about Wichita State and Kansas State on Thursday? How good of a matchup do you think that is? Wichita State is seemingly taking a bit of a t- step forward. K State K State is taking a step back. So, how do you look at that matchup? Well, I, I first of all, I love it that they're playing, and I credit Bruce Weber for. You know, finally giving in on the K-State side and deciding to play this. This should never have been not played. Uh, Wichita State should be playing both schools in state, um, and it just hasn't happened. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I was looking forward to it uh, more before I saw yesterday's version of Kansas State basketball, which was atrocious, losing at home to Nebraska and scoring 12 points in the second half, missing – uh, they missed as many three-pointers in the second half as they scored points. They missed 12. Um, it was just dreadful, but it wasn't the bad shooting. It, we've all covered basketball. We, sometimes teams shoot like crap. That just happens. It was kind of getting beat and everything else. They got out-rebounded. They got out-hustled. Uh, as Jerome Tang said in postgame, they just kicked their ass. And, and you know, what can you say about that? It, that's exactly what happened. They, they wanted it more, and that's something that K-State better solve or it will happen to Wichita State. And um, I know Wichita State is kind of on the uptick a little bit, but I, I think K-State fans are waiting, holding judgment uh, to hit the panic button until after Thursday to see how this game comes out, to see if this was a, 
one game aberration of playing that poorly or if it's going to be something they have to deal with on and off all year. So I want to get back to football with you and talk about, I, I presume you've seen Chip Kelly's uh, video where he yeah. talked about his thoughts on how college football should operate. I uh, was in 98% agreement. I, I just thought it was brilliant and, uh, you know, kind of letting football be its own thing at the collegiate level and not, uh, not making the other sports kind of uh, follow along. Uh, what are your thoughts on Chip Kelly's thoughts? You know, I loved it, um, and I'm not a relegation guy. I hate that model. But this model makes it seem to work better, where, you you know, how do you relegate part of a conference and then not the whole? You know, it just didn't ever make sense to me how that would work. Well, he's proposing uh, there are no conference affiliations for football. It's its own thing. And then you can go back to your regional, you know, alignments for every other sport if you want to. Uh, which makes a lot of sense, but you know you'll have 64 teams and the upper level of college football. Everyone else will be you know like the lower classes of of football, and um, that, you know, he didn't really spell out how to do it. But eventually, teams will move down and teams will move up, and uh, they're going to be scheduling within their regions and then playing games outside of their region. Uh, but you know the basically like the NFL, the office will do the scheduling. Uh, they'll tell you who you're playing. I. I really liked it, and I'm not. I've never wanted relegation in any form, but it gives programs access up if they're good enough, and it moves down schools that just frankly shouldn't be there. Um, but somehow, if you know, had years of affiliation with the Big Ten or the SEC or whomever, and they just get grandfathered in because they're part of that club. Uh, when we know, for the most part, a football program Vanderbilt doesn't belong in that upper stratosphere of conference. I loved it. I, I'm going to explore it some more, and I've got a, a subscriber sending me some really interesting information about how how it could work, and it's it's fascinating to me. What what do you think the chances are that it begins a, uh, a discourse, uh, a serious look at uh, college athletics and especially college football? Or will it just get swept under the rug and we'll just go on as life as usual? Uh, I, I would say that the biggest impediment to getting something done will be the TV networks. I, mean, they, uh, I don't think ESPN wants to give up its hold on the SEC and, uh, or excuse me, yeah, on the SEC and the other networks on the Big Ten, and um, that'll be the the biggest barrier. But um, I'm I'm fired up about it. I think it's a great idea, and you know maybe. You know, with that, kind of get rid of the bowls and just do. I thought they should be doing regionalized, you know, like postseason games for the teams that don't make the playoff. You might be have four days in a row in Orlando or something, and uh, you know, four days in a row in Houston or what? However, it would work and uh, of different games that we'll just have blocks of football for for a week or two. And I, I like that idea too. Well, I get TVs. Uh power here but i i almost hope that college football uses its power and if you force it uh what's what's espn gonna do they're gonna go for programming yep that's my thought yep right. we'll, we'll yep. certainly continue to talk more fitz always a pleasure thank you very much for coming on the show thanks boys good to hear from you thanks go powercat.com tim fitzgerald its publisher we got another hour to go we got a bob and jeff draft i'll let you pick the topic 
I, I forgot last week to even put up uh, the results. That's not good. Of our AFC West all-time quarterbacks for the four teams that are currently in. If you have those still, Jeff, I'd like to see them, and I'd like to put those results out there. I don't think that I do. Um, I thought I saw it on a sheet of paper over there. Well, that paper is no longer here. Well, I don't. I, th- I thought I saw it. You might have, but I don't have that paper anymore. Well, I, I, find it. You must have thrown it away. No. Nope. Well, it's, it's not there. here. It's there somewhere. We'll be back. You are listening to the Bob and Jeff Show on KFH. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on. We talk about basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happens. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.